Good morning and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland, currently in Florida. Today's date is Tuesday, February 16th, 2021. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page 37, the third paragraph, starting with In Some Circumstances. Today's readers are, and thank you to Team Tuesday, Christoph L., Martha Z., Crystal P., Nina R., Kim T., our newcomer reader will be Katie G., and our host, Jody E. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, February 15th, 7 a.m. meeting, 16,407, that's 16407. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern, 16,408. That's 16408. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overreading can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Nina R. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Nina. Nina, press star one to unmute. Hi, Amy, thanks for your service. This is Nina R. from New York City. Uh, Step one. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks. Have a good day. Thank you, Nina. I will now ask for Kim T. to read the 12 Traditions. Go ahead, Kim. Good morning. This is Kim T., Compulsive Reader in Denver. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, Anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thanks for letting me be of service. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Kim. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three three minutes. Um, If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. Again, there is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. But this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page 37, the third paragraph. And I'm going to ask Christoph L. to get us started. Go ahead, Christoph. You have the floor. 
Thank you so much, and thank you for your service. I'm Christoph L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. In some circumstances, we have gone out deliberately to get drunk, feeling ourselves justified by nervousness, anger, worry, depression, jealousy, or the like. But even in this type of beginning, we are obliged to admit that our justification for a spree was insanely insufficient in the light of what always happened. We now see that when we began to drink deliberately instead of casually, there was little serious or effective thought during the period of premeditation of what the terrific consequences might be. So I'm very uh, excited to read this particular paragraph because I can identify with it a lot. Um, there's a multitude of stories that I could tell that that are showing this particular behavior of mine uh, found in this paragraph. I have I have in a lot of circumstances, not in some gone out deliberately to eat. I have actually more often than not uh, gone out deliberately. I have not casually gone out and I, I have set myself up. You know, I have, I have gone, you know, my wife was out of town and I had just thought I'm going to go and I'm going to buy a lot of junk food. And, and I did. And I, I was in the supermarket buying all this stuff and I was getting in the parking lot in the car and eating it on a on a Sunday morning, a lot of candy and cake and you name it. Um, feeling myself justified by by any and all of these of these uh, described feelings and emotions here. And the the period of premeditation that they're talking about here, I am I'm I'm certain that I've spent more time uh, contemplating the logistics of how I'm going to eat and what I'm going to eat rather than the, the consequences of what I'm doing to myself, how I'm hurting myself with food. Um, so it's, it's really, this, this paragraph to me is really a testament to the, the fog and the zombie walk that I was, I was, uh, exhibiting. You know, I was just way down in the food. I was I was really hopeless. I was really unknowing of what was going on. And um, I remember telling myself one time in the supermarket, uh, buying all these things, I was I was filling up the basket and I was thinking to myself, well, you know, at least at least I know what I'm doing. At least I know I have this problem. And one of these days I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to be better. And, you know, I'm I need this right now. And um, yeah, this is uh, this is what I need right now. And one of these days I'm going to get better, but I never did. Not until I started coming to OA and started to work the steps. And today, you know, when I get fired from my job uh, just a week ago, I think to myself, man, food is just the worst idea in the world right now. It's not going to make it any better. Nothing's going to help right now in terms of food to to change this. So I'm very happy to be here and. Uh, very excited and very thankful for everyone here making this happen. And I hope you all have a very good day. Thank you very much for letting me do service. Okay. Thank you, Christoph. Thanks so much for getting us started. 
Okay, so we value your experience, strength, and hope, but if you've shared in the last couple of days, we ask that you step back so that others could share their experience, strength, and hope as well. So if you shared on Friday or Monday, if you could please hold off, that would be awesome. So who would like to share on what was read? Christina J. Gwen from New Jersey. Dara L. Hold on a sec. Who from New Jersey? Gwen. Gwen. And your initial? H. Okay. Thank you. Got you, Gwen. Who who else was after Gwen? Sarah L. Sarah L. Christina J. I got Christina J. I got Gwen H. Sarah L. Who else? Deb S. Deb S. Okay. Uh, somebody, it's really staticky. Who is that? Sounds like you're in a car, so I didn't get you at all. Who else? Come on back. Yep, still couldn't get you. Claire E. All right, well, Claire, hopefully you can get on a clearer line because it's hard to hear you. All right, so who else, please? Anyone else? All right, we got a rock and roll. Christina J. I'm sorry, Nancy Z. Nancy Z. Sure, I'll put you in there. Last call. Anybody? Anybody? Okay. Christina J, Gwen H, Sarah L, Deb S, Claire E, I believe, and Nancy Z. All right. Christina J, you are up. Please go ahead. Christina J, press star one to unmute, please. Unmute, please. Okay, well, I was sharing away. (laughs) Christina J from the state of Washington, um, recovered for today. Uh, Great lead. I thought, well, what do I have to share after that? But um, (laughs) he hit on all the points. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay, good. All right, so the word that stands out for me is premeditation. And, you know, like the lead, I could share any number of stories about this, but uh, in the last part of my uh, addiction before I found recovery finally and hopefully hang on to it here with the help of God, um, I was not premeditating. (laughs) I was having these, uh, suddenly I was pouring the whiskey into the milk ideas. Um, And this, I'll tell one particular instance because it really stands out in my mind. I'd gone to town, I was feeling kind of I didn't really realize how I was feeling. Um, You know, that was that blank mental spot of my emotions, feeling kind of depressed. I look back, I see it clear. I was uh, off. I was off. And, you know, that's a, (laughs) I wanted to say, effing dangerous place for a compulsive overeater to be is off and not working the program to find out why. Uh, You know, uh, justifications for not making the call. Well, I'm just a little off. I don't need to call anybody. Don't let that voice get you because that is a lie that will lead you to the suddenly moment. Uh, I went to town. I I went to the grocery store. It was a sunny, beautiful day. I was feeling good overall physically, Uh, had my neutrality. I walked right into the Rite Aid and uh, got a um, pint of ice cream, 
went right back mm-hmm. to my car and sat in the parking lot by myself in a distance place, distant place where I could watch people, and I ate it. And the whole time I was thinking, this is not bad. Why can't I just have one of these once a week? This, you know, what's wrong with this? Uh, surely I can do this. And I just enjoyed every moment. I hate to tell you that, but I did. And it was creamy and it was delicious. And you know why I enjoyed every moment? Because it was better than where I had been in those emotions. Those emotions had brought me so down and I didn't even know it. Um, So I just went about my business and I drove home in full denial telling myself, I'm not going to feel the effects of this. I'm not going to feel the effects of this. Fighting the effects as they slowly came on and the headache and the the fog. And so uh, the justification for the spree was insanely insufficient in the light of what always happened. You know, and... I I I I never uh, would admit what would happen. I would just lie. It was denial. Um, so today I'm tired. Today I'm tired. And you know that was one of my that was one of my huge. I'm going to finish up. That was one of my huge reasons for eating in the past. Today food isn't an option. Today the thing I would go to coffee is not an option, which always brought me back to the food. Today I have program, I have fellows, I can call and ask for prayer for my fatigue, and I can make it through with God. So I love you all, and thank you for letting me share. Thanks so much, Christina J. Gwen H., followed by Sarah L. Go ahead, Gwen. Good morning. Um, This is Gwen H. from New Jersey. Um, Deliberately that word actually stands out to me too. I would plan my binges um, for the day, for the Saturday that I knew we were going out to dinner. I would pull out menus. Um, it was always left up to me to decide on a restaurant, and I wanted to get my night's worth. And I would just, you know, plan and plan away, and I. I knew my life was consumed around food, but so I called up my friends that were also consumed with food, and I guess maybe not to feel so odd, you know, it made me feel like, well, everybody thinks this way. You know, everybody looks forward to, you know, a good meal, don't they? And I don't know if it did to them what it did to me. Um, And for a long time, I was in denial. I felt like as long as I was staying 70, 80 pounds overweight and not 75 or 85 pounds overweight, that possibly I was doing okay, you know, that I was maintaining a huge, uh, you know, uh, amount of weight. And it's going on three weeks. I'm completing three weeks of finding a vision for you and I was eating like a an absolute maniac before a friend suggested I make this call and I can't tell you enough how my life has totally changed once again um I I had one abstinence of any significance right like 22 years ago and up and down ever since and I found a sponsor immediately there was a certain language spoken in these rooms that I just couldn't get enough of and I still can't get enough of. I've never felt to be so absorbed in this big book as I am now. Um, I look forward to waking up and having this meeting and I'm so grateful 
for everybody that's here um, sharing and making me feel like, <clears throat> pardon me, I'm home. I actually feel like I found my circle, you know, and um, I, I don't want to live that other way anymore. I'm not right now. I'm abstinent since the day I dialed this number, and I don't use the word miracle lightly, um, but this truly is a miracle, and I'm just very grateful. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gwen. Okay, Sarah L. Followed by Deb S. Sarah L. You have the floor. Great, thank you. And it's Dara L. Like Sarah, but with a D. Um, oh, I hear okay. some rustling of papers. I don't know, but um, okay. I will. Uh, I'll go. I'm Dara L. I'm a compulsive overeater, um, in Philadelphia, and. I love this paragraph. I, um, you know, it occurred to me that for me, the going out deliberately um, to get drunk, which is is how every single one of my relapses has started, is so dangerous because when those suddenly moments have hit me, like I know that I'm powerless because I feel like, oh my God, this thing just overtook me and what the hell happened? And, you know, and I'm, I'm willing to do something about it, you know, because I I feel like I'm overtaken by the disease. But when I think that I am in control of this and I can deliberately choose to pick up, the the flip side of that is that I also, there's the lie, there's the delusion that I think I'm going to be able to stop when I want to, that I think I'm in control. And that is what has, you know, that's what's done me in. you know, I had two years of abstinence and something happened in my life and I thought, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to choose to pick this up. I'm going to binge and purge once and then I'm going to, you know, move on with my day. And um, I couldn't, you know, it took a month or so to get back. And then the second time I had two years of abstinence and something happened in my life and I thought, you know, I'm going through this breakup. I'm just going to binge and purge once and I'm going to get back. And you know, it took a couple months to get back. And this last time I had five years of abstinence and I thought, you know what? Someone died. It's, it's COVID-19, whatever. I'm going to binge and purge a couple times and I'm going to get back. And it took me a year and a half to be willing to come back to these rooms. And um, so that going out deliberately for me is the death knell because it's, it, I, I become totally unwilling to admit my powerlessness. Um, and the, you know, the idea that it's the sort of in, insanely insufficient justification um, and, the, and not having enough premeditation of the terrific consequences. Like I am a person who has had horrible consequences as a result of this, of this disease, but I cannot seem to remember that. And I'm so grateful that I don't actually have to remember that, that if I work a program, I stay close to a higher power. Um, that I, you know, I don't want to do those insane things with food and I don't, you know, and I know that I, I, I can like remember the misery and I can remember that, um, you know, I'm a person who's been institutionalized um, 16 or 18 times. It's It's been a lot of times and, um, you know, gone bankrupt as a result of this disease and all sorts of horrible, horrible things. But I can't, 
you know, I can't remember that. And um, so I'm really grateful. Thank you. I'm grateful to be abstinent today. I'm grateful to be in this program. Um, And yeah, for today, I don't want to deliberately go on a spree. So I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Dara L. Okay, Deb S. Followed by Claire E. Deb S., please go ahead. Thanks. I'm Deb S. and I live in Michigan. I I just don't know exactly what I'm going to be able to talk about or say related to this. This is um, quite an important paragraph for me today, and I have a little bit of experience, strength, and hope. I hope it's a gift, but it's a gift to me for sure. So something that happened yesterday, and I I hadn't done a 10th step officially, but I had started a 10th step last night. And then I woke up this morning and knew I needed to get into this my book. And I hadn't been to this particular 7 a.m. meeting in a little while, so I catch up on the paragraphs. It's been a few days. So I catch up on the paragraphs, and when I caught up, this is the paragraph I read. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know if I can really go on the meeting this morning, but I've got to at least see what the recording is because I need to find the meeting that people are talking about in some circumstances we have gone out deliberately to get drunk feeling ourselves justified by nervousness, anger, worry, depression, jealousy. I, you know, it was just so there that I needed to see it. And I thought, well, I need to at least hear what everybody says about this topic. And um, then I, you know, serendipitously, and I come on, and it, it is the right paragraph, and here we are. Um, so I've been, in, I've been abstinent for years, and I've been in OA for 20-plus, and abstinent and for, for that long. I, I, my program is really um, a gift, and it's always been about the big book for me, but I haven't had vision, but um, now I do, and I've had vision for a while to be with vision, but I've been always focused on the big book, and this is how I've learned it. Um, and I, I did have one relapse for two weeks. It's been That's been 20 years. And since then, I'm just clean. And, you know, yeah, so, but yesterday, you know, this can happen at any time. And it's about so much of prevention, you know, and praying each day and asking God to take away everything around the food and unmanageability for me. And and yesterday, this is what I was doing. I was feeling justified by my, I felt ashamed. There's a, something I'm dealing with in my life trying to handle, and I hadn't turned it over to God, really. I was just doing it. And and I, and I, I feel like I should have gotten this financial and I should have gotten this handled like why didn't I do this long ago you know that's a Deborah that's self-pity that's oh gosh right self-centeredness it's anger it's um fear and all of those emotions were in me yesterday and I was turning it over to God like a little but not wholly and I left a a situation where I was where it was all kind of up in my face I felt ashamed I felt all these other thoughts and and I did. I deliberately went out, not to get drunk or to eat, but to get something that would be soothing. And I and I thought, well, surely a good coffee drink will make me feel better right now. And anyway, I I was blessed, and I, I a good coffee drink would have been okay, sugar free. But I didn't. I I went, and God just said, just get a cup of decaf coffee. That's gonna make you feel a little bit better. But it but you need to come to me. And I got a clear message. And I sat there and I just drank a little cup of decaf and and I turned it over. And then this morning I got to come to the meeting and share. But that was a real deliberate 
type of moment, and it was the grace of God and the program and doing the right actions that kept me clean, and I'm really grateful for it. Thanks. I pass. Thanks for sharing, Deb. Okay, Claire E., hopefully you're out of the car so we can hear you. Claire? Hi, there. Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear hear you. Ah, brilliant. Thank you. I'm on Wi-Fi now, so it should be better. So uh, my name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in the UK. Do you know what? I so needed to hear this paragraph today. So I I think towards the latter years of my bulimia, which was my behaviour of choice around food, um, that I often thought I was deliberately going out. You know, I I used to feel I I didn't really kid myself that I was going to have one. It was always I knew I was going to have a massive binge. Um, And I used to feel that I would hit that I don't care F it button you know that was my my thinking behind it my reaction you know as soon as I felt stressy or angry or whatever it's F the amount of times I ate at people or I ate because of some sort of work situation whatever else um and you know I really relate to who you know the person who shared about you know I felt I was in control of that button you know I was the one choosing to hit it you know I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go out and do this and this is gonna make me feel better and I see now that I I had no control over that button. I had to push it. I had to push it because I was so het up with human emotions that I had no choice. It was so painful and so uncomfortable to sit in that that I couldn't sit there and pause and ask my higher power. That just wasn't, you know, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't something I had the ability to do. I had I had no choice than to hit that button over and over again. And, you know, I've got written in my big book here, you know, it's, uh, our justification for a spree was insanely insufficient. And I've got down the side, it says, we're still insane, even when we're justifying it. You know, in the paragraph before, an insanely trivial excuse, the paragraph after, absurd and incomprehensible behavior. You know, the behavior that I demonstrated in response to the situations in my life was absolutely bonkers. You know, I was angry at someone, so I poisoned myself. And, and it was just, you know... Um, no choice, no choice, no power, no choice about that at all. I had no effective thought during that premeditation. I had no premeditation. It was a reaction. I had no pause. And the other thing that really occurred to me as was sharing earlier um, was that I can still do this abstinence. You know, I can still have an insanely trivial excuse for an emotional spree, for a, for a rant at somebody, for a reaction to my husband, for a shout at my children. And again, when I react like that, I don't pause and ask God in. You know, there's often little or serious effective thought what the, what the terrific consequences might be. I can cause enormous damage um, by reacting and going out, feeling justified, feeling like I'm, I've, I, I'm the one in charge, feeling like I'm the one that's justified, that I'm right. I can do enormous damage very quickly if that's my if that's my um, default and if I don't ask God in. In fact, I will do that if I don't ask God in. Um, so I really love that paragraph and um, and see now how, despite the fact that I thought I was doing it deliberately, I thought I was in control. I thought I was choosing to do it. I, I wasn't at all. I had no choice at all. I, I was absolutely compelled to go out there and binge when those emotions took hold of me. Um, and I will pass with that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Claire E. Okay, before we move on to Nancy, I just want to remind everyone, we are on page 37 on the third paragraph, that one paragraph only. And if you share it on either Friday or Monday, we ask that you let others who would like to also share their experience, strength, and hope share. So while you're thinking about that, Nancy V., you have the floor. 
Good morning. This is Nancy Z, recovering um, compulsive eater, anorexic bulimic from Indiana. Grateful to be on this line this morning. Um, I just want to express gratitude this morning. I love this chapter. Uh, when you started reading it, um, the feelings of nervousness, anger, worry, depression, jealousy, or the like, when those overtook me, I went into what I call the effort. You know, it's like, who cares? Well, I might as well eat anyway. And this past week, I'm, I'm coming up on um, 60 days of abstinence, and I've been in this program a long, long time, and in and out and in and out and relapsing over and over again and never um, experiencing the spiritual awakening that I've experienced in these past almost two months. Um, in December, I hit my bottom, and I was like, I'm done. I just, I am so willing to go to any lengths and got a great sponsor and working a program. So this past week, I was on vacation, which is um, anxiety-producing, and the, to say the least. And um, things went very well. I stayed on my calls. I stayed in my um, prayer meditation. And the other morning, I didn't sleep very well the night before, and I woke up, and I had all those feelings, all the, you know, I went directly to those, what the hell, I might as well eat anyway. And... Um, by the grace of God, the first thought that came to me is it's a spiritual solution. Because in the past, I would go to it's a food solution. It's a Nancy solution. What can I figure out to fix this? Uh, what do I have to do? And instead today, it's like it's a spiritual solution. Get on your knees. Get into the book. Make a phone call. And those are the things that I did today. And because of that, my abstinence remained strong. So, yes, I spent many, many years on, on going out deliberately just because I felt sorry for myself. And I was in self-pity and anger and resentment and, screw you, I'm going to eat anyway. And today I don't need to do that, and it is such a blessing. I'm so grateful um, because the results of doing that were devastating, and I just don't want to live that way today. So if any of you are in that spot where you've been in and out and you're struggling, just keep coming back. It works. It truly does. And um, I will sing that song until the day I die. I love this program. Thank you for being here for me this morning and for all of us. Bye. Thank you so much, Nancy. Okay, so who would like to share on page 37, 30 paragraphs? Third paragraph. Ross M. Dana M. Linda D. Dana M. Felicia S. D, Felicia, S, Pete, B. I missed somebody before, Russ M. Who was that? Okay. There was someone before Russ M that I missed, I thought. Linda D? I don't know. Oh, okay. Did you get Felicia S? Yep, got Felicia. All right, so I have Russ M, Dana M, Linda D, Felicia S, Pete B. Who else? Probably could take one more. Leia S. Toby K. Leia S. Toby K. All right, we're going to hold there. Uh, see, uh, Toby, we hopefully we'll get to you. Okay, so Russ M., you are up. Please go ahead. Russ, star one. All right, there we go. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Russ M. Russ M. Recover Compulsive Overeater outside of Philly. Um, <sighs> when I 
see this, I'd just say, damn. You know, it's like, ugh, story of my life. You know, I could justify anything. You know, I oh, I was molested. Or this guy beat me up at the shop. Or I was picked on. Or I got beat for money. Or, you know, what, whatever. And I believed those things to the core of my being. You know, and I went out and it was just, I'm broken. So screw it. I'm going to eat anyway. Like many other people have said on the line. I'm going to eat anyway. But when I look at the damage, even with the emotional trauma came with being abused and all this crap, you know, I'm 48 years old. I got about four, I have four years. It's going to take me, I don't know how long it's going to take me with God's help to gain my kid, regain my kids' trust, regain my wife's trust. Not money, not any other stuff. The stuff that's most important to, you know, I believe this, this crazy, maniacal, delusional thinking, you know, that, that mental twist, not just about the food, but about my life. That I was somehow, you know, from the island of misfit toys and I was the only one. And, you know, until I was broken, I know, here we go again, same share, right? Till I lost everything, almost everything. Then my eyes were open to realize, like, you know, I, Rush, you know, you're not the only one, dude. You know, people are suffering all around you. And it changed my perspective, but I had to be broken. I had to have, God had to intervene. I had to be shot. I had to be shot. And then when I look back, yes, it, it was a neurological, psychological, you know, the twist. But there was a lot of excuses in there, too. So until I had to face those facts, until I had no other option, I couldn't get free. Now, like someone else said, it's not about the food binge. You know, it's about losing my damn mind with my kids or my, my wife on stupid things, things that don't matter. And it's the same type of damage. It's the same type of damage. So my, my, my point being is that I didn't know until I, 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 I had to face it, you know, I had, and, uh, cost me a lot of time, energy, money, relationships, and more than anything, trust. And if you work these steps, because you have to, because you're going to die if you don't, you know, you could get free. I'll take this life, even trying to, even working the steps, yep, whatever, you know what I'm saying. Have a beautiful day. Love you. Got it. Thank you, Russ. All right. Moving on to Dana M. Dana, please go ahead. Thanks. Can I be heard? This is Dana M. Yep. Go ahead. Awesome. Recovered compulsive eater in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And uh, when I read this passage, it really jumped out at me about how people used to suggest to me um, playing the tape out, but unfortunately for me, uh, that kind of dates me, the whole tape thing, but playing the tape out was really bad advice. If I tried to do it on my own, um, on my own meaning without God, my higher power, without fellowship, at least some folks that were vessels for my higher power to help me see, You know what my tape really looked like the reality of my tape i'm 48 years old i have a couple of years of abstinence now but uh i mean for heaven's sakes it was 
40 plus years of um, justifications in my head, like, um, oh, we'll, we'll just do this this once, but the, the, the diet will start again on Monday, January 1st, uh, after I'm 30, after I'm 40, after I'm 20, you, know, <laughs> you name it, you know, I justified it. And still my first thought, even today sometimes, um, particularly in the isolative times that we're in right now when I'm bored or tired or understimulated, um, my first best thought is, hey, eating sounds smart. That's amazing to me that still the wiring in my head goes there, but at least I have my higher power on my side nowadays. And I have a pathway with which via the steps to get connected with my higher power as soon as I need to, or certainly more quickly than I had in the past. And what I know today is that in order for me to swing, be a, a compulsive overheater of the uh, 100 pounder variety, I had to develop a professional level or a PhD level of ability to justify despite all of the evidence otherwise, this just this once, this diet starts Monday, this January 1st, let's just wait till then, or uh, one of my other personal favorites, just a little bit of my heroin food. Um, you can be normal. This is your birthday or a holiday or, you know, every day is a something day, and I could justify it like a good old pro. But uh, I'm glad that I'm not doing that so much anymore. And uh, I do have a, a connection and a pathway to my higher power and a fellowship regardless of my circumstances, including everything being Zoom or phone and not a whole lot of human interaction. But I have the ability to reach out if I so choose and get the help that I need uh, for my recovery to keep it going. Thanks so much for letting me share and for all of you um, making sure that this meeting happens. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. That's right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dana. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wendy D, you're up. Is that Lori D? Hi. Yeah. Linda, Hi, Linda D. Oh. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Linda. Hi, it's Linda D from Connecticut. I'm very relieved and grateful to be here, to be anywhere, but especially here. I'm uh, I'm recovered for a while now. I um, wow, uh, a lot of thoughts. Well, the bottom line is today's a new day, isn't it? It is. <laughs> what, what what am I gonna do? Uh, what am I going to do to stop being self-destructive? I don't know why you're here. I know why I'm here. I'm very well-versed on self-destructing with food and anything else that's at all addictive, which would be mostly anything. So it's very, very important for me to embrace something new, and that is God. And God started out as a question mark for me and by using the steps and by relying on all of you and all of the tools of the program I found God and that's a, that's a big deal that is truly amazing grace 
truly amazing. And so I'm going to explore it today. I'm going to keep exploring that. And it hurts sometimes. It hurts a lot. Because I'm new. I'm new even though I'm in my 70s. I'm new to today. I'm new to what do you do with tired? What do you do with depressed? What do you do with happy? All the things that people feel and they're new, relatively new. And I'm well-versed in all those thoughts about, gee, maybe I can hide under this object, this food, this person, this situation. I cannot hide. It's either love or perish. That's the rule. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Linda. Felicia S., you're up, followed by PC. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Felicia S. I'm I'm recovering. Um, I have 39 today um, and have been... This paragraph just speaks to me this morning. I had a very... I had a year and a half of strong abstinence and for a trivial reason that didn't feel trivial, um, I gave away my abstinence and here we are. And I've been at this for many, many, many decades and this disease nearly killed me at a heart attack. And, you know, I have two kids who depend on me and I so related to, I will eat at somebody, I will do things at somebody. And the reality is, you know, I take the poison expecting somebody else to die and it doesn't work that way. And so I'm just grateful to be here and I'm grateful I found vision. Thank you. Welcome back, Felicia. Okay. Pete B., you're up. Thanks, Amy. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and I'm in Pennsylvania. Thanks for taking the meeting. Heard a lot of great things. You know, it, it, it uh, it's totally normal to think that, you know, we could understand, you know, the triggers. We can identify the reasons. You know, like, like it's almost like, it's almost like, you know, it's totally normal for us to have that desire to think we figured it out, right? And, and we're not alone. You know, go to the self-help aisle at any Borders bookstore or anywhere, search for self-help in Amazon and see what comes back, right? Like it's a whole industry, you know, designed to figure it out, right? And the thought, you know, the idea that, you know, if I just, if we just figure it out, right, we can and we just identify the right process to address it, to alleviate these things, well, then they'll go away and we'll keep this thing in check, right? And that makes, that makes totally normal sense, right? Practical sense for that to be the case. See, but the only problem with that is that what that is, is a mental defense, right? And the book says we have no mental defense, Right? We can't explain this condition away. We can't explain the reasons why. We can't explain the excuses, the deliberate, the not of deliberate. The fact of the matter, at least for me, is I ate because I'm a compulsive overeater. I ate when I wanted to. I ate when I didn't want to. 
I ate when I figured it out. I ate when I couldn't figure it out, right? Regardless of how, regardless of the code of morals or the better philosophy of life, left to my own devices or your devices, that's the other thing we like to rely on, human aid. Book says again, we, have, we are beyond human aid, right? I am going to compulsively overeat. Regardless if I figure it out, what's required is grace. What's required is that I connect with the power greater than myself that's going to solve my problem. The, 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 the excuses, the emotions, the feelings, those are the things that block me from the power, the solution, not the things that cause me to compulsively overeat. Now I'm just speaking for myself. Anybody has another experience, that's fine. But according to our literature, the only option I have the only solution I have is accessing this power, looking at processing, addressing all of those things are the means to, to eliminate and address what's blocking me from that power. Those are not the reasons why I eat. I eat for the, 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 the sole reason is that I'm a compulsive overeater. You can't explain it away. It doesn't say a psychological change occurs. There is a psychological change that happens. It says a psychic change occurs, which means you can't explain it, right? There's no explanation for this thing. We had, you know, the, all of these things are, they, you know, they're enforced by treatment centers and therapy and, you know, the fellowship, you know, they, they, you know, this idea that if we just identify it and address it, we'll solve it. No, that's not the case, right? Psychic change. You can't explain phenomena. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Pete. Okay. We have time for Leah S. and Toby K., I think. Go ahead, Leah. Leah S., press star one Okay, got it. Oh, there you are. Now. <laughs> Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. My name is Leah. Leah S., recovered in Brooklyn and very grateful. Okay, here we go. I vaguely sensed I was not being any too smart. What does that mean? You know, I couldn't care less if I was smart, if I was intelligent, if I was poor, if I was rich. When the food Leah, came, we're not the- on that paragraph. Just wanted to let you know. Oh my God! Oh my God! I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. So I don't know where we're at, and I think I will pass. <laughs> okay, thanks, Leah. Thank you. Always good to hear your voice. Okay, Toby K., you're up. Um, hi, it's Toby K. Yeah, there you I are. It. Thank you. Um, compulsive overeater uh, in Long Island, New York, uh, currently in... Florida. So um, I also, um, I felt justified um, in eating something because I was feeling this Saturday, actually, this past Saturday, I was getting these feelings of jealousy. And I want, and I want, and I want, why not me? Why not me? Comparing myself to something impossible. Um, And I felt the feelings were justified but I didn't know it. I didn't know I had these feelings. 
Um, so I had something that was, um, it was, a, it was a vegetable, but there was, it was bought, bought out and, um, or brought in, I should say, but something was in there that bothered me and I even measured it. I weighed it and I, it's, and I said, you know what? I am not smart for doing this. This is not going to go the right way. And how do you like that? I was right. I didn't feel good. It bothered me. It didn't taste right. Something was in there that caused me a lot of discomfort. And so why did I do this? Why? Because there were feelings that overtook me that I wasn't even aware of. But then again, I should be aware of, well, no shoulds, but um, I'm so used to feeling things uh, and being sensitive that um, maybe it would have, well, I think I just should have stuck to what I was going to eat, to my planned eating, and not uh, venture out into um, experiments which are bound to fail. So thank you so much. I appreciate all these magnificent shares. I mean, it's really overwhelming um, how great everybody's speaking, and thank you so much uh, for letting me share. Thank you so much, Toby. Uh, we have three minutes left for one more share. Who would like to take us out? Leah, if you want to come back and share on the third paragraph, you can on 37. I'm sorry. Who was that? Chris M. Chris M. Please go ahead. Yes, good morning. Thank you. This is Chris M., Recovered Compulsive Eater in New York. And... Um, as I'm listening, uh, you know, reading this morning and listening to shares, I re- re- remembered something that happened this week with me and my addiction. And so, like, we talk about that, um, yeah, food is my, I guess, most obvious addiction, food and food behaviors and um, preoccupation with weight and body size and all of that Um and but I can be addicted to anything. I have an addictive personality. And what happened was I was sick for three weeks. I, I got pneumonia a couple of weeks ago, and I was home a lot. I couldn't go to work, and so I was watching a lot of TV. And there's a show that I like to watch. I've been watching for years. One of the cable shows, a series. And I always knew that I was kind of addicted to it, but it was under control. But since I was home. I was like watching it all the time. And then even going back to work now, I'm like, I always want to watch this show. And it, it's a form of escape. It's an absolute form of escape, fantasy and escape. And I realized this a few days ago. And this is, this is where recovery shows itself in, uh, to me, where I was thinking about for a couple of days, I can't stop watching this show. Like I just want to, I just want to veg out and watch TV. I'm not eating, but I just want to veg out and watch TV. And I know for me, when I want to veg out, or I want to, I go into another addiction. The food is not far behind. It's just not far behind because all of those, um, all of those recovery things that I've been doing kind of start to break down because I give into an, an addiction. It's, that's just how it works for me. And so um, I was thinking for a few days, this is getting to be too much. You know, I really don't want to be doing this. And then there was one day where I didn't formally pray, but all of a sudden this prayer came in my head. 
and it said, God, I can't do this by myself. I really want to veg out and escape and watch this show too much, but I can't, I can't stop of my own will and my own desire. It was just an automatic thought, and it was okay. I wasn't freaked out about it. It was just a fact. It was a fact of my life. I cannot, I cannot get away from this. You know, when mm-hmm. I was deliberately watching the show, I knew I was getting myself into a pit. And guess what? The next day, I didn't want to watch the show. <laughs> and it has been lifted from me. I see it for what it is. I see it. It's a chocolate chip cookie. It's a brownie. It is, it is my addiction. And I know today, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that I cannot free myself of any of my addictive behavior of my own will and my own desire. And I'm so grateful for that. And that comes from surrendering my will to the program and to God every time, day. Time, 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 time. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. Thanks. I passed. Uh, okay. Thank you. Okay. So I'd like to thank everyone who shared Please join us for another second awesome unrecorded hour of study immediately following. The share ID for today is 7 a.m. Tuesday, February 16, 2021. Vision for You meeting is 16,413. That's 16413. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Martha Z please take us out? Thank you, Amy. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until 